Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 64 of Starting the Conversation. Um, and welcome to this week's co-host, Josh. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, and just like with the first recording, I've forgotten to introduce myself. So, <laughs> hello, Alice Benham here, permanent co-host. Very excited to be on episode number three of the new format. You've been tuning in. You've been enjoying it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it, actually. Really interesting. I listened I to your that. older stuff. And as much as I enjoyed that, I think this conversational style is just so much better. Mm. It's so much easier to listen to. You get so much more value because you can read between the lines. I'm so glad. Read between the lines? What lines yeah. have you been reading between? Uh, all the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Josh has got some special insights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's nice that you actually break down the barriers. One of the things I struggle with when I consume content from people is mm. they don't always seem authentic. Whereas this conversation is literally as authentic as it comes. You laugh. You joke, you say whatever. Yeah. You you are your true self. I love that. And we acknowledge that. the fact that we're currently sat on the floor in a hotel room with the mics resting on a stool in a chair. <laughs> Instagram versus reality. Absolutely. It's, good it's an interesting one. I'm excited. We're going to have a hopefully very honest and open conversation in this episode as well. And that style will continue. Um, but before we jump in, I just wanted to have a chat with yourself and also the audience, who I always forget to acknowledge because it just feels a bit weird, um, about... <laughs> last week's episode, which is obviously with Vix Maldry talking all about what you don't expect about being an expertise or an education-based business. So talking about my experience of being a coach, digital marketing coach, um, and Vix's experience of being an educator for bloggers and how there's so much within that that we maybe didn't expect, unexpected challenges, unexpected frustrations. Josh, as someone who is heading into a business just like that, what did you think of the episode? It was eye-opening. It was really, really interesting. So mm. I, I thought that it calmed me down a little bit. I think we've spoken about this a couple of times in the past where I have taken myself on this journey in my mind of expecting certain things or mapping things out in my head of mm. how I think it's going to be. But actually then it's interesting to hear from two people who are very well established in what they do, hear their experiences, yourself mm. and Vix, and understand that actually it is okay or I may have difficulties with this, so I probably need to pay more attention to this. Mm, that's so. good. Did it did it tell you anything that you were like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that maybe negative or challenging thing? No, I, I don't think so. No, I think it just, like I say, it helped me, it calmed myself a little bit because mm. I, I have this, well, I don't want to say problem, it's probably a little bit, I'm not in the doctor's room, I'm <laughs> right now. Like, but, yeah, a little therapy. Uh, no, but this this idea that in my mind, I hype things up so much and I'm thinking, right, I need to take this step, or I need to take this step. Mm. And I'm thinking five, 10, 15 steps ahead of myself when I really shouldn't be. Mm. Uh, so I think that really allowed me to, to ease my mind a little bit and actually say, you know, you can focus on this for the time being, this mm. will come up, mm. but just tackle it as and when it happens. Okay. And interestingly, uh, hearing about how you tackle any issues that come up and just like run straight into them. I think that's quite interesting. Mm. Uh, and I really like that approach. I think it, it resonates with me quite a lot. So Yeah, I just think it's the best way to do it, isn't it? Just go for it. Just do it. Just do it. Grab the ball by the horns. As Nike said, they smashed it with that quote. <laughs> um, it was really interesting as well because I asked over on Instagram what people's challenges were in their business if they were kind of expertise based and something that I think Vix and I kind of neglected to mention in the episode maybe just because it's something that Vix and I don't usually struggle with or maybe it's something that you struggle with more at the very start I'm not sure was the whole self-doubt imposter syndrome what even is my expertise who am I to sell this this feels so normal to me people shouldn't be paying for it I feel like that's such a huge part of being expertise based that we maybe didn't acknowledge is that something that for you you experience what does that look like yeah massively 
And I'd say it's probably taken up a good 40% of my time mentally, just trying to like prepare myself for this whole journey. Mm. It, it's quite an interesting one because like, where does it come from? Is it is it a case of not understanding what it is that you're offering, what value you're offering and exactly mm. who to? Possibly, yeah, there's probably some part of that. But for me, I've struggled with imposter syndrome around will people buy what I'm selling to them? Am I selling too high? Will they be interested in me? Do they like my content? Like mm. Instagram engagement is on the decline. And mm. mentally, you start to think to yourself, actually, is that me that's doing that? Is that, is that my post that's, yeah. that's causing this? But yeah, all, all of these things have definitely crossed my mind since I've started. Mm. And I think it becomes so personal, doesn't it, when you're expertise-based because and you know it still is very personal when you're any small business but particularly when what you sell is something that's not tangible and the thing that you sell is well technically just your brain it's a really hard thing to come up with maybe adversity or negativity or rejection within your business because it feels very personal it feels yes. like they're rejecting you or it feels like people don't like you whereas actually they maybe don't like your instagram or people just don't want to work with you right now but i think that regardless of which stage you're at is a really hard line to draw very true yeah very true it's hard to separate yourself from your your personal brand or whatever mm. it is you're trying to offer mm. but i think the same is true if people genuinely don't like you like if you, not everybody's going to resonate with you not everybody yeah. will buy into you as a personality so even that is quite hard to take as well so mm. how do you then position yourself if you've got negativity coming from one angle and maybe the negativity for the time being outweighs the positivity and the positive comments and sentiment yeah it's, it's a really tricky one yeah and i feel like that's something with the conversation starter that we've got today we'll really get into so I'm excited to get into that topic a little bit more. It was interesting as well, some of the other challenges that you guys said in running an expertise-based business were particularly in marketing yourself, so knowing how much to give away for free, knowing how much to keep for your paying clients, also helping clients, friends, family, colleagues, whoever, to see the value in what they're doing and not just want to do it themselves, but also see the value in hiring someone to help them with it. Um, also that idea of just because you can do it for yourself maybe doesn't mean that you're aware of how to teach others to do it. I thought that was a really interesting point when Vix and I were kind of talking about that, who can call themselves an expert, what does that look like question. Um, and just some really interesting thoughts really on what it actually looks like to be expertise based. So it was a good, good conversation. Yeah, very good. And some, some great comments as well, some really interesting points made. And mm. some, th some things certainly that I hadn't even picked up on myself, uh, you know, that you, you absolutely just articulated. So yeah, really interesting to hear. Yeah, which I think is why it's really nice that there's kind of that engagement element of this new podcast format, because it's not just two people's voices and perspectives. I think really it's about opening up the conversation and then creating space for other people to give their insight and give their thoughts. Yeah, and that's always nice. That's one of the reasons that I think I resonated with it so much because we are at the moment in, I don't want to use the word bubble, but essentially that, that point in which everybody is an expert, mm. if they've got it in their Instagram bio, like it's super easy for, for so many people to just put mm. business coach or social media expert yeah. just because they've taken Facebook blueprint in advertising or just because they've done one training course on coach or they've coached mm. a friend's business. Mm. So it's really, really interesting that you have this forum to talk openly and mm. allow other people to converse as well. So Yeah, because it's important, isn't it? Even if people don't agree or people have very different perspectives or experiences i think it's just important to create space to have those conversations and just share those experiences so we can all become a bit more self-aware absolutely and aware that just because we do it that way doesn't mean that's the only way to do it and that's a big one that's <laughs> a big one right there which we'll talk about in today's episode Get your notes up. We also had a really interesting email from Sophie, the lovely Sophie French, um, who was basically talking about that, what we were talking about earlier, the whole imposter syndrome side of things, and actually understanding that you do have 
value to bring and seeing the expertise. Um, and Sophie added in, I love the part about overselling and under delivering. I think that this is so very true and also think it's so hard to get that balance right. Though I also think women in particular most commonly undersell and can therefore not get the sales in in order to even over deliver. So I think the balance is really important, which is so much room for discussion, which I think is very true that that whole side that Vix and I were talking about of like people that call themselves experts and maybe aren't or people who you know oversell themselves and under deliver actually I think very often and it is a generalization but I think particularly for for women and you can count yourself within that doesn't make you a woman <laughs> um can have that difficulty with that too yeah I completely agree and just drawing similarities to different industries as well like even, even down to things like recruitment it's proven that women will look through the checklist items far more than the men will. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll read through five, six, seven, eight. And if they don't match at least 80%, they'll, they won't apply or do that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I think the exact same thing applies here from my experience and people I've spoken to as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Just starting the conversation. Um, and then also an interesting thing that I've had quite a lot of feedback from, and I think I might make another episode on because it seemed quite a hot topic, was the idea of having a bad experience in paying for expertise. So interestingly, and also quite worryingly, um, 66% of people that I asked on Instagram had a bad experience in the past with paying for expertise, whether that was a coach, a course, a piece of digital content. And there were some quite horrifying really stories in my dms of people who had paid thousands and thousands of pounds for these programs and coaching and whatever whatever who had then had these very negative experiences and then kind of feel slightly scarred from that i think that's a really interesting one because it in some senses in my mind it falls down to the coach themselves selling Mm. and this is why it's so important to have discovery calls and to genuinely have the capability of saying actually no I don't think you'll get value from this or I don't think this is for you mm. there have been a few instances where I've had coaches in my DM saying hey I'd love to work with you let's hop on a call let's do this I've done that and they've been forcing it down my throat saying hey Josh this is going to be great for you then actually I've taken a step back and thought this this really isn't and these courses have cost thousands of pounds and mm. it's a big investment for anybody to make mm. let alone if you've got your own business so mm. I think it's really, really important that you find people that you resonate with in that situation, Mm. that you can emulate similar successes. Now, you don't have to be the same as them, but you can take some of their strengths and put them into what you do to then really drive it your own way. Yeah, and I don't think it's always a problem with like that coach or that educator was a bad person. I genuinely think that's a tiny, tiny percentage of the industry. I think where you have often and what I've noticed in the conversations that people have had with me on that topic um, since the episode went out, a lot of it seems to be just that mismatch of expectations. So the expectation maybe that the coach put out there or the educator or expert, whatever, through their marketing was maybe then different to what they delivered. Or maybe again, there is a responsibility also on the mentees or I don't know what you would call yourself if you're being coached. mentee sounds about right mentee um on the learner side i think there is then a responsibility there for us all to be kind of checking through these things and sense checking it but i get that that can be very hard when people are going for this quite strong marketing messaging here's what i'll do for you and then maybe the expectation of that not quite being true yeah for sure i think there's you have to be careful to not get shiny object syndrome by Mm. just jumping straight into something because it looks fantastic on the face of it Mm. do you research have some due diligence and there are so many coaches out there and so many fantastic coaches as well that you are not going to be short of people to choose from. You just mm. have to do a bit more research and discover them. Yeah, and take that time. 
and be considered about it 100%. Um, another interesting thing that has got quite heated discussions for me in my DMs, as always, um, was the question that we asked at the end, which was, would you rather have a consistent salary and be paid kind of the same amount every single month and that be it? Or would you rather have your money fluctuate and have the potential to earn more? When I asked on Instagram, 38% would choose consistent and 62% would choose to fluctuate. Josh, where do you sit? That is interesting. I definitely sit on the fluctuation. We spoke about this earlier, right? So I like to spend money. I like to enjoy myself, work hard, play hard. So I think if I'm fluctuating, it puts my back against the wall as well, which is something that I really need in business. If I don't have a deadline, I'm like, eh, it's all right, it can wait. Mm -hmm. I'll do it another day. Mm -hmm. If I have a deadline, I've got £10 in my bank. I'm like, wow, Josh, you need to work. you got to make it and work. And like, it's like rocket fuel for you. You just work mm. endlessly until you actually get that. Yeah, I think so, it's what motivates you, isn't it? I'm definitely sure. the same. If I don't have a deadline, if I don't have someone needing it from me, never, ever happens. Yeah, it's just it's a holiday. <laughs> just, oh, it's all right, I've got just weeks, I've got months, and it never happens. Yeah, I was honestly like that yesterday. Um, we're recording this on Monday for context. Um, so I've got, as you know, quite a full-on voice <laughs> say that. Um, Emily, who is editing this podcast has actually started to already make a bingo card of wow. things that I say all the time already three episodes in she's got enough for it oh, really? and one of the things was Alice says full on a lot so <laughs> I want to see a bloopers reel just ding, ding, you ding. just always Hit say that <laughs> yeah things are just so full on um but I was the same yesterday I was at at home day and you know what it would have been logical to get ahead on work get some admin done pack for my days out this week absolutely did none of that spent most of my day bumming about and then had to work until about midnight and got like no sleep last night because uh, there was no pressure. And I feel like when you've got pressure, whether that's financial or time-wise, you get stuff done. You do. I think it's healthy, but not for mm. everybody, right? I've come across people who hate pressure. Yes. Who will happily get ahead of everything, but then afterwards, just take a chill. Just Yeah, and I chill. feel like sometimes for creatives as well, when they're not feeling the pressure to make money or make ends meet, they're actually in a more creative headspace. And that was what a lot of that kind of 38% who would have chosen the consistent salary came from because it's that idea of actually when there's security and you don't have to worry about the finances, they feel a lot more freedom just to get creative and, and do what really makes them come alive. Which yeah, is I like cool. It. I totally get that. Yeah. I'm just not creative, so. <laughs> well, I try to be, but <laughs> not too busy with my deadlines. <laughs> yeah, no, we're too, we're too stressed to be creative. That's probably the problem. But that was an interesting one. So yeah, those are some thoughts on last week's episode. So thank you if you got in touch. It's always interesting. And if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a great listen. So go ahead and do it. Thanks, Josh. That's why I got you on the just podcast. Just ego. to tell other yeah. people how great the podcast is. <laughs> So, section number one of the podcast, high-low. You've listened to it before, you know how this works. How has your week been? What's the low? What's the high? Where are you at? Interesting week already. So, what, Tuesday now? Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Yesterday, I had a low Monday. I never have low Mondays. So, this okay. was like a first for me for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I do myself? But it wasn't it wasn't for any particular reason, to be honest. It just kind of felt like I wasn't making the progress that I wanted to make. Uh, and then... I actually managed to flip it around in the end. So I worked myself hard at the gym. I struggled to walk up the stairs today because it was leg day. Yeah, and I test for that. Yeah, I put a load of stuff on my calendar and mapped out exactly what I needed to do for the week to make sure that I essentially achieved my goals for this week. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it helped me. It cleared my mind. I was able to then refocus and realign. And here we are. I love that. That was all you needed. Just a little, a little rejig. 
bit of exactly. exercise, bit of organisation. Mm-hmm. So is that your low and high all wrapped up in my one? high? Yeah, I guess my high as well is obviously being on this podcast. It's uh, <laughs> honestly like it's a privilege. Slip your tenor later. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, but yeah, so my high was that I was able to turn around, and obviously that I'm here today. So there we go. You made that sound quite dramatic, as if like you're like close to death. Yeah, like the, the ship was sinking. I turned things around. I'm just so grateful I woke up this morning. In the space like, of 16 hours. Josh, you made it. Well I'm done. I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> Big sport for you. Um, I like that you did your low and high in one as well. Now I feel a pressure because I only thought of my low. I didn't have my high ready. Come on, you should uh, be quick fire. I should have these. <laughs> have it in my head. Um, my low of the week so far would probably be the fact that I bummed around for most of yesterday. And let me tell you, I'm going to have to pay the price for it this week. <laughs> you know that whole thing of like, do something today for the year of tomorrow? That's 100% how I try to live life and 100% how I never do live life because I'm just like, no, I'd always rather just like chill out a bit now and then work late later. So yeah. Does anybody take that approach? To, in fairness, a lot of the time I do take that approach, but if you know, when you're just feeling a bit lazy, Yeah. like, you know, and you can't be bothered to have a strong mind. So you just think, oh, screw it. I'm just going to chill out and be annoyed later that I did that. <laughs> so that's the vibe. <laughs> just wallow in self-pity for the rest of the evening. Like, yeah, literally yeah. 100%. I spent the whole day just being like, oh. I'm just so unmotivated. And I was like, Alice, actually just go over yourself and do some work. Um, so that was probably my low, but it's it's kind of an in-advance low because I'm sure I'm going to regret that more later this week. So I'm sure people will watch that unfold on stories. Um, hi at the moment. Come on, you is. must have something. Oh, it's just a lot of highs to life, isn't it? I don't really have a lot to moan about. So sometimes I just think everything's a bit of a high. Um, I think, touch wood, I have set aside a week in August to do absolutely no work. So that is my high, is that so far I have made that happen and I haven't yet booked over it. Good. Didn't you work. say that about July? I'm pretty sure you had some time in July that was like, I will not work and here you are. Josh, can you stop freaking calling yeah. me <laughs> No, yeah I, yeah, I did set aside a week in July and here I am in London all week doing client days. But this week in August gonna happen you need to book a holiday it's what you need to do just like book some flights so you have to go mm. you can still work when you're away but the fact that you leave the country and you leave your place of work yeah i just don't know if i want to go away i don't know how i don't know i just feel a bit i just feel like i want to just stay at home for a week is that really boring that's quite boring yeah <laughs> i'll probably work as well if i'm at home because my office is at home so yeah maybe <laughs> i'll book some flights but i've got no i was about to say i've got no friends i have got friends um just no friends to go away with so if anyone wants to go on holiday Solo with trips. me, please get into it. Yeah. They're the way forward. A week on my own, though, I think I would go certifiably insane. This is true. And I think I'd work if I was on my own. That's also very true. I'm basically in a lose-lose situation. <laughs> <laughs> can't stay at home. I can't go away. I'm just going to work. No, I'm not going to work. I'm going to keep that time off. So that's my high at the moment. Cool. And I'm in four weeks' time, episode number 60, whatever. I'm sure I'll let people know if I've kept to that. I was just going to say, I look forward to hearing the seagulls in the background, the, the waves crashing on the beach. It's an absolute vibe. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Good highlight segment. I feel like we both had very bad Mondays. It sounds like you did a bit better it's, at turning yours yeah. around than I did. It's been a dramatic one. It's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Who knows what the week's going to yeah. bring. It's upwards, upwards. Upwards. Upwards, upwards. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Did you say upwards and upwards? I said upwards, upwards then, yeah. <laughs> Nice one. Onwards and upwards. It can only go up from here, I feel. And I mean, this podcast recording is an up in itself. Absolutely. Despite the fact that I've had to stop about eight times to <laughs> drink water and shut windows and shut Well, at least we can't hear the planes now.
So this week's conversation starter, I feel like it's a big one for a lot of people, something we can all relate to because you're either starting out in your business or you have started out in your business. And this week's conversation starter is starting something new despite the noise. Now, I know that noise is a bit of a weird word to use, right? I feel Absolutely. like it makes sense to me, but other people might be like, <laughs> what do you mean? But when we're talking about noise, what we're really talking about is the external and internal voices, which are always there throughout the whole of life, but feel particularly difficult to maybe take in or acknowledge or hear when you're starting out or when you're starting something new. Because I think it would be true to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is probably something you've experienced quite recently, when you're starting something new, you're particularly vulnerable and susceptible to other people's thoughts and opinions. 100%. Yeah. You want to that. you want to absorb as much as possible because you feel like you have so much to learn. Mm. The analogy we spoke of earlier is like you're trying to walk into a room full of people to learn about a given topic and everybody's in there who appears to know so much more than you and it's little odd you stood in the corner trying to absorb as much. Who do I speak to? What content am I absorbing? Like all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I feel like the noise, like I said, it never leaves. I'm not going to say that it's just there when you start a business because even me a few years in and I know people so much further on from me still deal with this kind of outside and also internal noise but I think it's something that when you're starting out and you maybe haven't got years or evidence or whatever behind you to help counteract that it can be really difficult to keep going to believe in yourself to stay motivated when there's noise around you which maybe doesn't agree with what you're doing. So I guess that's what we're more looking at in this conversation starter is the negative noise or the noise that goes against your intention and what you want to build. Yes. So I feel like there's kind of three sections to the noise that you face within your business from kind of the conversations we've had before this episode. Um, So the first is noise from experts. Again, links into last week's episode, people telling you how to do it. The secrets to success, the magic formula. Um, The second is noise from other people. So that would be friends, family, people you're in relationships with, whatever else, strangers. Um, And then the third would be noise from yourself. So like you're mentioning there, that kind of comparison or jealousy or self-doubt or imposter syndrome or just that internal voice that always gets you. I feel like that when you think about it really are kind of the three big areas that we get noise from and three things that we've got to think about regardless of which stage around your business you're always gonna get unsolicited noise from i couldn't agree more mm-hmm. let's start with the first one then noise from experts yes so this ties in well obviously with last week's episode talking about some of the conflicts maybe that come up when everyone's calling themselves an expert and you don't quite know who to listen to and everyone is going to tell you their three secrets to success and everyone's going to tell you exactly how you should start out is that something you're experiencing at kind of that early stage of your business? I absolutely did. And I thankfully I've managed to see past that now. And the best bit of advice you can give to that is to focus on one to three people maximum that you really resonate with and you enjoy their content and their style mm. and, and perhaps you see yourself emulating their successes and just consume all of their content. Don't look at anybody else. Don't let anybody else uh, anybody else's opinion in, t- in the form of experts mm. taint that view. Just really double down on those. Mm. And I, I struggled massively. I was looking at you, Gary Vaynerchuk. So I was looking at Ty Lopez. So all these big names in the industry. Mm. And I was trying to take a bit from each of them. And thinking, oh, well, if I could take a cross-section mm. of all of them, there's no way I can't be can't not be successful. Mm. So that really then stunted my growth. I, I, I felt that I actually then 
didn't know where to, to start and I didn't know where to take my business. Mm. So actually by condensing that down to just one, two or three people, I was able to get clarity on direction for my business and for me myself. Mm. I wonder if one of the things that makes it so hard is that you can't really figure out when you're at that early stage who to listen to. Because particularly if you're still trying to figure out what kind of business you want to build, it makes sense just to listen to everyone. And there is that idea of, you know, when you're starting out, be like a sponge, ask everyone all the questions, ask for everyone's advice. And I think that is really powerful wisdom used in the right context. But I think it is then hard because like you said, you're then, you know, you can't grow 25 different businesses at once. And the reality is if you're taking advice from so many different people, you're likely never going to build something which feels like a really good fit for you. But then on the other hand, there is value in listening to others. So I think for this one, it's not necessarily a don't listen to anything. It's like you said, choosing those voices who feel like a good fit for you and your business. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the, the biggest lessons that I learned personally was actually the likes of Gary Vaynerchuk are fantastic and obviously very successful. But for me, scale that down to the micro-influencers. So people who are, I'd probably class you, Alice, as a micro-influencer. Oh my gosh, actually don't even judge. And I'm sure you hate that, that phrase, do not. don't you? I've literally got 2,000 followers. Well, yeah, exactly. This is this is perfect though because you are at a more advanced stage than I am currently. You're not at the heights of Gary Vaynerchuk yet. Like, you know, you I absolutely might be. I take great offence to that. Yeah. I take great offence. <laughs> I am the, the female door. Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I found far more value in, t- in consuming content from people like yourself mm. because you were just that one step ahead. And there wasn't such a big bridge or such a big gap, sorry, to bridge. I found myself then being able to take the smaller steps to, to make progress as opposed mm. to thinking, well, how do I go from zero followers to a million followers? Mm. As a very trivial example. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, to almost not look at the people who are 10 years on from where you are right now. Look at the people who are maybe two years on or six months on, or even a month on, and take insight from them, because you'll probably then find what they're sharing is much more practical, and also is much more accurate to what they actually did. Because I think something that I notice, and maybe it's mostly with your big names, and I probably do it myself within my business, is when people say, how do you think I should do this? Or people say, what do you think about this when you're starting out? How should I figure out my pricing? How should I get new clients? It's very true for my business that a lot of the things that I would tell other people to do isn't what I did because my approach and the way that I built my business was so based on circumstance and opportunity and being in the right place at the right time and making things up that I genuinely think there's no, you know, here's your three steps, there's your business, which I think is why it's so hard to ever give advice which is actually accurate for people because there's no advice that really fits. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. That, and that's exactly the situation I found myself in was trying to listen to so many people, not really sure what to do. Where do I go from here? Like, And then actually thinking, well, some of these people, where do they start out? It was a very different landscape back then. You know, these social mm. platforms that were on today were very small. They perhaps had more opportunities to thrive. They had opportunities to network. You don't know their background, mm. what happens behind the scenes. So yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. It's okay to look at people who are already very well established, and I recommend that from more of a, an aspirational point of view. Yeah. But to really learn from people and to really get the most value, I absolutely recommend going to the people who are just a couple of stages ahead of you so you can really learn mm. and soak up what they're giving you. Yeah, I think that's really true. And as well, I think I, I don't remember who told me this, but it completely changed the way that I approached kind of taking inspiration or advice from other people, particularly people who I maybe admired or, you know, wanted to 
work towards a business like theirs. It was the advice of if you're looking to someone for insight, make sure that the business that they have is the type of business that you want to build, particularly in terms of like actually what their business looks like behind the scenes, you know, how much time it takes from them, how draining it is, how profitable it is, like what it actually looks like. Because I think it's very easy to take advice kind of left, right and center. But again, it comes back to that thing of the importance of having clarity on what you want to build. Because I think advice and insight can be really powerful, but I think looking for it from someone who is building something which is similar to what you want to build is actually much more useful than just looking for it from X, Y, and Z who look very successful, but maybe actually don't match what you're going for. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. Yeah. Just makes sense, doesn't it? It does. But it was a it revelation <laughs> for me. I remember I was just, you know, replicating what everyone else was doing when I started out and I just thought, that's the secret to success, that's how you do it, and very quickly realised, oh, okay, it doesn't actually work if you just copy what other people do. Yeah. You know, the most powerful thing about your business is yourself. So replicating someone else's process is never going to fit. But there is obviously still so much value in what you can take from other people's processes. Yeah, massively agree with that. Mm. Has that been like a process for you, looking at the people that you've ended up choosing to take that insight and advice from? Have you reached out to those people or has it more just been kind of, taking on what they put out there online? Because I, again, think that's a question of what does it look like to ask from others in a one-on-one way? Yeah, so I've definitely, I, I think it comes back to that, the old notion of circles and surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. I've gone as far as unfollowing people who I feel are clouding my, maybe judgment's not the right word, but my my sense of direction and the clarity in which I've got. Um, and I think as a result, what I've found is that I've now surrounded myself with people who are within my niche or people who have very similar businesses or where I want to be in the future. And I have DM them to say, you know, I really, really enjoy your content. And what I find actually interesting is because they're micro influencers, using uh, quotation marks, uh, they, they're far more active in their DMs. They're far more willing to engage with you, to tell mm. you and to give you insights into their business and the background piece, which is so important. It's easy to see the shop window, but mm. there could be an absolute mess behind the door. So it's really important that you find people that you can engage with and mm. that will engage with you back mm. and t- tell you all these these inside tricks and tips, if I can get my tip yeah. in order. <laughs> tricks and tips. I feel like also there's just, it's just worth saying, like there is absolutely no secret. There's no blueprint. There's no one plus two equals three minus four equals a successful business. Like, that's just not how it works. I always thought there was, genuinely. <laughs> like, I always thought, right, there are three steps. It's obvious, there must be three steps that people aren't telling me. Like, yeah. they're telling me this, but no, seriously, like, what are you actually doing? Mm. And it's almost like you've got this this chip on your shoulder where you think, why, why don't people just tell me how they got successful? It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, and it's so hard as well because it's so individual. Like, I'm, as, as much as I'm, you know, it, it's really nice whenever people say, well, how did you do that? I kind of feel bad because my answer is like, oh, well, you know, of course I played a part in this, but it was an opportunity that I probably couldn't have chosen. And I was maybe in the right place at the right time. And my circumstance allowed me to say yes, that opportunity and my privilege allowed me to take that risk. And my support network that I had around me allowed me to make that decision. And it's not always as black and white as like, oh, I did this, this and this and it made this. There's so many moving parts involved and so many moving parts that you can't, replicate or change sometimes you know something as basic as whether your parents will support you if things don't work out or as simple as like actually do you have the financial backing yourself to actually take that risk within your business isn't something that you can necessarily replicate based off of how someone else did it 
which I think where sometimes I'm uncomfortable about the idea of anyone replicating someone else's approach because there's such an individualism to that that I don't think you can copy. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. I, I always had this chip on my shoulder around people must have like support financially from other people like mm. oh the parents must be rich that's why they're doing what they're doing or maybe they i don't know have a more privileged upbringing or, or more opportunities to network with the right kind of people mm. but really when you lose that ego and you really strip it back you recognize that everything is unique to yourself like the situations you put yourself in and the people you speak to mm. the way you operate and organize your business is very different to other people mm. and you get opportunities as a result of that yeah yeah that's very true i guess it's not it's not saying that if your business is built on a couple of key opportunities from other people obviously i think you do play a part in a I hate the phrase manifesting, it's not really my thing, but like allowing that to come into your life. And then also you obviously do play a role in how you take that opportunity and make the most of it. But I guess it's that opportunity or whatever that you can't replicate. Like literally my business started because I met a guy in a hotel breakfast who offered me a job. And I can't, like when people ask for advice what I'm meant to say, like I'll go and hang around at hotel breakfast and see you bump into. Yeah. But what I can say is, you know, when an opportunity comes your way whether you create it yourself or someone gives it to you obviously what you can replicate or take inspiration from is how people approach that but sometimes the actual practicality of it is like <laughs> what does that look like but i think you have to then strip that back a layer because there is something in there and that's you're putting yourself out there mm. so it would have been a, a, maybe we're going on a tangent here but quite easy for you to sit at the breakfast table with your headphones in mm. and just like listen to music or read a book or something yeah and completely remove yourself from the opportunity presenting itself mm. so now i'm not saying go looking out there sat in bars looking around hoping that somebody will come and talk to you like i'll probably end badly <laughs> probably yeah it depends but, what your intention is let's be honest well this is Who true knows? yeah this is true Wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> but it does happen right if you put yourself out there the more you put yourself out there the more you challenge yourself to do things differently or get outside your comfort zone mm. it really is true that more things happen to you mm. yeah that's really true I like that. So in terms of that first one, I guess, the noise from experts, our kind of conclusions would really be that we've, you know, we all have responsibility to figure out who we take insight and expertise and advice from. And I think a lot of that comes down to figuring out whether that person feels like a fit for the brand or the business or the whatever that you want to build and sense checking that. But also taking everything other people say with a grain of salt of like, cool, that's the way you did it. I can take inspiration from that. But actually, I acknowledge that I've got to find my own way to do this. And there is no blueprint for me to copy. Exactly that. Mm. Yeah. Which is sometimes disappointing, I feel. I wish there was a blueprint sometimes. Honestly, it would be so easy. Like, get rich quick. Here, here are the 10 steps to you for you to set up your business. There you are people that pounds. sell that. I know, it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> you it's can bad. buy a blueprint. I'm just not sure, sure they actually you can work. see through that, though. Come on, like... I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Who knows? Some businesses, like, you know, people, people just sell, like, loads of stuff on Amazon from, like, Alibaba. Like, may, I feel like that possibly is a bit of a blueprint. But I the kind of businesses so. that we're building, I don't think there's a blueprint to that. Yeah, I agree. They're very personal businesses. That's why there's no blueprint. Because the most important thing is you. And your brain. And your brain. You and your brain. Keep those healthy. <laughs> um, so the second group of people that we were kind of mentioning before we started recording that would be the people you're getting noise from is people in general. So I guess this category is like friends, family, people around you, which I think is the hardest one to deal with because often they're the people that we place the most, um, what word am I looking for here? 
value around. We value what they think. It's, it's validation, isn't it, essentially? Like yeah. you, you want your friends to say good things about you or your family to buy into what you do mm. because you feel that they should to some degree. Why wouldn't they support you? They're your friends or your yes. family. Yeah, and you're right. We look for, even if we, it's subconsciously and we'd like yeah. to think we don't, I think it does matter to us what people around us think of us and we value the people that we love the most, which is very often our friends and family. And I think that the thought in our heads when we start something new is like, of course, they're all going to be so excited for me and so supportive and they're going to love every step of the way and they're going to be so for me. And sometimes the reality just isn't like that. It is far from that. <laughs> What's that yeah. look like for you? Honestly, and I hate this word because I hear it everywhere, but it was a journey. Genuinely, like such a big journey for me. Going from somebody who used to care a lot about what people thought, like, you know, I was never the most confident of guys. I would listen to what people said. I would really take it to heart. Mm. I'd be really honing in and focusing on the small nitty gritty comments that they made. And I'd be reading through the lines and all sorts. But then when I started a business, I really tried hard to get over that, but it was so difficult. Mm. I think the best way that I did get over that was really to understand my why. Now, there's a great, great video by Simon Sinek who talks about like mm-hmm. finding your why and why it's important. He's even got a book about it. The Red Book. Yes. Yes, I've read that good book. There's a TED Talk as well if you prefer videos. There we uh, go. So yeah, check On it all out. mediums. Yeah. <laughs> but that really allowed me then to shift my focus away from seeking external validation to actually self-motivating and providing myself with that good feeling that like external mm. validation gives you. Mm. If I focus on my why, like what is it that drives me every morning to get out of bed and do what I do? Mm-hmm. And as a result, what happens then is you don't really care so much about what people say. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There was an example last week, only last week, where Go on, one of my good friends, best friend, he is in a group chat with a load of guys and they took it upon themselves and regularly do so to copy my content print screen it, paste it, comment on it in that group chat that I'm not even part of. Oh. And they like, they, they I, don't, I don't quite know to what extent, but they laugh, they joke, they say, what's he doing now? What's this about? Blah, blah, mm. blah. And in that instant where I get told about this, one, like, why are you telling me? I don't want to hear this. Mm. But two, it's, I was like, wow, like, am I, am I actually doing this? Is it the right thing to be doing? Like, mm. Do people care about this? Is this what everybody thinks? Is this what my client thinks? Yes. Is this what my audience thinks yeah, about yeah, me? Yeah. And then back again, like I was I was okay. I'd gotten mm-hmm. over it because it really doesn't matter what other people think that aren't or don't have a vested interest in your business and what you do because they don't mm. understand it. It's not for everybody. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that as well because I think it can be an easy thing to be like, Matt, I don't care what people think. I'm building my own thing. I do it for me. But like it hurts when people don't, get it it hurts when people make fun of it it hurts when people don't maybe understand why we care so much and I think that's a huge topic it's actually I did an episode I don't know if you've listened to it with my best friend called Beck um and we talked about basically her relationship with my work and what that's looked like for her and I think it is a really intricate relationship because friends and family naturally unless they do what we do don't understand it but I think very often we can have expectations of them which maybe aren't verbalized or they don't understand that what they're doing or saying is hurtful but it can hit you really hard because you do value those people For sure. and I remember as well actually that really hit a nerve what you were just saying then because I remember when I was transitioning my Instagram from kind of you know I completely use my Instagram for personal people can scroll back and find it and then very clearly switched it to business and for a good six months the only people commenting replying to my Instagram stories like voting in my stories like genuinely for about six months was just friends and it was all making fun. It was all being sarcastic. And to them, it was 
fun. It was lighthearted and I can look back and be like, oh, that was quite funny. But at the time, when I was still in quite a sensitive place in my business, when I was looking for as much validation as I could get because I felt really vulnerable, that was a really hard thing. And I remember genuinely being so upset by it. It's, it's difficult. Cool. It really gets to you. And as much as you say, like you know, like we said there, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Mm. You do worry about it. It's it's human nature to care what other people think about you. Yeah. But there is a way that you can get over that, and it's just it's really accepting the reasons why you do it, and just firmly believing that this will succeed. Mm. And those people, the haters, call them whatever you like. They will come around eventually. They'll be asking you what you do, and mm-hmm. I've had this before. Oh, um, I've had people commenting on posts physically slating me and then in my dm it's been like okay so you know what what do you actually do it sounds quite interesting mm. i'm like are you serious like yeah. you literally posted this a couple of days ago and now you're asking me to get involved like mm. come on i wonder if some of it and not all of it because some of it is just friends thinking they're really funny and just having a laugh but i do wonder if it's some of it comes from like an insecurity or jealousy that maybe that's not something that they're willing to put themselves out there for and i think sometimes yeah. it's easier to it, it's easier to drag someone else down or just pick fun than it is to acknowledge like, oh, that post actually annoyed me a bit because I wish that I was confident enough to try something new or put myself out there. Yeah. I think it says a lot more about the person than it does about you. But me saying that, it's, it still hurts just as much. Even <laughs> yeah, when you know that that's true. Yeah, I think it's societal norm to be sceptical, especially for us Brits. Like, so I've worked with a few people from around the world, like America, US, uh, America and US, same place. America, Australia, <laughs> you uh, need a geography Asia. lesson, Josh. I need a geography lesson. I used to be good at geography as well. Quick five questions, that. I'm going to do a geography one next year. <laughs> and yeah like the cultural difference is massive in the uk people are just so skeptical about what you're doing they're just so Mm. apprehensive to even engage with you but you just gotta push through it they'll see it eventually right they'll see the benefit they'll see the value and if they don't well who cares yeah because sometimes it isn't just people making fun sometimes it is genuinely people just being concerned for sure which is a whole nother like you can't so much just say like oh they're just being petty or silly or jealous i won't listen to that like some like when i started out my parents both sat me down and were like you're making a really bad decision (laughs) and i don't at all hate them for it because i was a 17 year old that just dropped out of school halfway through their a levels it made no sense it was a bad decision and i remember at that time just being like i know why i'm doing this i know what i think i can do i trust myself i'm willing to take the risk and you almost just have to be so in your head about just like you said reminding yourself of why you think you can do it and why you're doing it after some point i think for me it was about a year in my parents then sat me down and said oh you made the right decision well done that's great and i think it's hard because it's then you know it's fine to be in a position where you're like cool it's successful so therefore everyone supports me but when you're in those early stages or even when you're not in those early stages and it's not quote unquote successful or looking like it should i think it's hard for them to support that because they maybe don't understand what you're working towards or they don't understand why you're doing it so their natural instinct is to be protective and concerned even i feel like from particularly in parents their struggles with doing similar things in the past so um, my dad uh, he's not around anymore but uh, when I first started working on myself, my business, he was like, don't do it, Josh. It's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the pressure, the struggle, the financial struggles, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And he was just putting his limiting beliefs or his experiences onto me and trying to push me away from it. That's really interesting. I like that you used that it was actually his limiting belief. Yeah. And well, not course. an opinion of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a successful business, um, but, you know, it, it had its downfalls and, and it wasn't the most successful business in the world. So naturally there are points where he struggled. Mm. And I think he, out of protection, potentially, wanted to shield that from me 
so that I wouldn't go through the same. But, you know, obviously I'm here. I'm sat on this podcast <laughs> talking now, so... There we go. Made the right decision. Yeah. And I think that is hard to to stand up to people who you really love and respect and say, I acknowledge that you have this very legitimate concern, but I'm going to choose to do the absolute opposite. I think it takes a lot. And I think actually it really helped me particularly and again this is all just my experience here but I think it helps you really understand it it drives you because then you think you know definitely for me I was like oh brilliant well I've got something to prove now and also it's that thing of like when you're put under pressure you really figure out what you're made of and I think actually knowing that some other people didn't agree with it and knowing that I had to stand up to that just reminded me of exactly why I was doing that so in a way I'm somewhat grateful for it but it's still so hard when you're in the moment. Oh, massively. And, and the gratitude for it is such a big thing to learn and develop as well. Mm. Um, I'm big on gratitude and practice, all that sort of stuff. And I think it really benefits me as an individual. Mm. And it's so important that you are able to self-reflect and recognise that you've gone through all these difficulties and now you're out the other side. Mm. Or perhaps there are reasons for people being negative towards you or trying to dissuade you from starting your business Mm. you have to look back at that and be like there was a reason they were doing that but actually it's paid off now so this is you know this is good yeah and I think with friends and family the same as with experts like we said in our last point I don't think you can necessarily just say well I'm not going to listen to anyone because actually my friends and family have played a really fundamental role in telling me when I need to take a break and nudging me when I seem a bit close to burnout or giving me a bit of comfort when I need it. So actually for me, it's still really important that I at least listen (laughs) to their perspectives and I'm open to it. But again, it's that conversation and clarity in yourself of, okay, you know, they've said this thing, I need to weigh this up with where this sits on me, with me, sorry. Do I wanna take this in and listen to it? Or do I wanna just say, actually, no, that's not true for me right now, I leave that. So I don't, I don't think it's as black and white as we'd hope it to be, maybe, of just like, I'm going to ignore all of you and do my own thing. Because I think there is a, a time and a place for those people's perspectives. I think it takes a very strong character to be able to do that. Mm. And that this is, we had a conversation last night about talking about this, didn't we? And this is where like the gut feel comes into play a little bit. Mm. Does this feel right? Is this the right thing for me and my business right now? Should I be listening to them? Mm. And it's quite difficult to, to get to the point where you can learn from your gut and you understand whether it is your gut talking or not. Mm. Uh, so yeah I agree yeah and it's funny isn't it because I think a lot of that it's it's difficult because actually a lot of what family and friends maybe use to quantify the success of your business is things that take a lot of time to build up and a lot of time for them to see I think it it it's just one of those things where it's like actually it's very natural that people who want the best for you might not be a hundred percent for you taking this huge risk or trying something completely new, or taking things in a new direction, and actually that's okay. And obviously if they're doing it in a way that that's damaging, then that's on you to you know, put a boundary in place that is actually gonna stop that opinion really getting to you. But I think in a way it is that difficult, like you somewhat just gotta put the blinkers on and just think, well, I'm just gonna prove you wrong. <laughs> and hope exactly. that you do. <laughs> or cut them, cut them. Yeah, you can cut them out. I mean, that's pretty brutal, but like that's like worst case scenario. Yeah, well, I guess it is worth acknowledging, and I'm very grateful that I don't have this situation for myself that I'm sure there are people who, you know, for them starting a business did create maybe real tensions and relationships that did resolve in that. So yeah, for sure. Who knows if you're listening and you've had that experience, we'd yeah. love to know genuinely. Oh, absolutely. Don't be scared to reach out and, and uh, mm. ask about how you'd go about doing it as well. Cause there's certain ways of going about doing it without damaging relationships. You could still be constructive in your messaging. Mm. Now, I, I know people who have 
had relentless comments and relentless feedback, like really negative stuff about them setting up their business, but they were too scared to speak back to them and say, actually, you know, I'm really doing this for me and I really enjoy what I do. I feel passionate about it. Mm. And it's okay to do that. Like, but people don't appreciate that sometimes it just takes a message or sometimes it just takes you getting your point out there to change the whole dynamic. Mm. Yeah, and you don't have to agree with what someone is doing to support them. Exactly that. So it would actually be worth me saying, because my mum is most likely listening to this podcast, um, my family are the biggest supporters of my business. I, hands down, wouldn't have the business that I have, and I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for them. The way that they've supported me emotionally, financially, space-wise, whatever, has just been huge. Yet they've done that when probably for the first year and a half, and probably a few times since, haven't necessarily agreed with the risks that I'm taking. They've just trusted that I'm, I can handle it and I'll figure it out. And I think that's a boundary worth taking, that if someone is genuinely being unsupportive, that is not a moment where you put the blinkers on and ignore it. That is a relationship that you need to have a conversation about, cut out, whatever. But there is a way for people to disagree with something you're doing while still being supportive. And that, I think, is when it is okay. So true, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you raised that point, because I think that's a really interesting one. Mm. And that's, like, it's normal. People don't have to agree with absolutely everything you're doing. It'd be boring if they did. Yeah, it would be really dull. And actually, it's part of the fun, proving people wrong, and then having them turn around and be like, oh, well done. <laughs> oh, can I work for you, please? Can yeah. you tell me what you do? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. All my friends that were mocking me at the start, and now I buy them drinks on nights out, so... Yeah, or they've added business coach in their bios. <laughs> And then I cut them out, Josh. That's what I do. I'm joking. Don't think any of them would dare do that. They know my thoughts. <laughs> any other final thoughts on that second group of people, friends, family? I feel like we've... I feel like we've really covered that one quite well. Mm. I'd love to hear people's feedback on that section because mm. for me, that is probably one of the... They're the loudest group, right? So yes, you have your own thoughts, which are quite loud. You have experts, which are also quite loud, but your family and your friends, because of that validation that we seek, naturally yeah. as humans, it's so difficult. Mm. So yeah, I'd love to hear people's thoughts. Yeah, and actually adding something to that, I think, and I wonder if this would be true for you as well, and for listeners, something that has really helped me with almost filling the gap of needing someone who's a friend that really gets what I do and supports it has been in finding people that do what I do and not just finding like, work friends but genuine people I would call a friend who also run their own businesses do their own thing whatever and actually sometimes it's not about expecting that of your real life friends is what I call mine but <laughs> home friends whatever and um, actually sometimes you can fulfill that in finding people who maybe understand a bit more of what you do and I really like that because yeah. I'm at that stage right now like and that's genuinely one of the reasons why I slid straight into your Instagram DMs that makes you sound really hi. creepy, it by just, the way. It like, Not in a creepy Slid way. Slid into your DMs is not a good wording choice. <laughs> cut, <Josh>. cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, that's the reason that I reached out to you via DMs. <laughs> Emily, don't edit that yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> and other coaches as well, like guys, girls, just a real mix of people because mm. I have so much support from some really great people, friends, family, like people that I know that I associate with that really support me in my business, my ambitions, but they don't quite get that extra hurdle that I think mm. people like yourself would understand. Yes. Just a business query or, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Does this happen to you or did this happen to you in mm. your business? It's it's such a relief to meet like-minded people mm. and you don't get that level with friends and family. Yeah, you can get that more catered 
support and insight from people who get it. I like it. Which catered is invaluable. Catered. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, solid. Solid choice. I just choice. like good words. Okay. Put third... the thesaurus away. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> with my synonyms, like, yeah, that's a good one to pick. Um, final section of people then, which isn't really a person, it's ourselves. The noise that we have internally. Getting a bit deep here. This is deep. I love this topic this. though. I really, really love this topic because I think it is the most important thing feel free to disagree that mm-hmm. you need to look at yourself in everyday life regardless of business mm. or anything you have to understand your value understand your worth understand what you're good at what you're not so good at the value that you can add to people what type of person you are in relationships what type of person you are to speak to people mm. how you articulate yourself the language you use all these different things and it mm. all starts with you yeah and this it's such an exciting chance to develop as well mm. it's, it's like going to the gym right if you go to the gym for six months or 12 months you're going to see progress Mm. i feel like with your mind you see it so much quicker Mm. and you pick up things so much faster and and so much to such a higher level Mm. than anything else and that's why i love like self-improvement so much yeah that's a lot of shit to figure out though there josh that's a lot of stuff to figure out yeah but then i feel like your mind can be your biggest enemy and also your biggest fan yes and you know it's your biggest reason for success but maybe even your biggest reason for failure because when your mind is almost in gear with what you're doing and why you're doing it, amazing, nothing can stop you. But when your mind is giving, adding to the noise, and whether it's because of comparison to other people who are doing what you do, whether it's from imposter syndrome or self-doubt, whether it's just from fear or insecurity, your mind can be a really horrible source of that noise and it's so hard, you can't get away from it. It's in your mind. No. And you can't always ration with it because it feels like it's inseparable from you and sometimes it feels true and it actually makes sense you can't just say ah no don't listen to that because it's like it's you it's your inner voice (laughs) they're genuine fears they're genuine insecurities they're genuine comparisons i feel like this is kind of the hardest one to approach and deal with yeah so this is where you have to get really good at tools and techniques and ways to get around that Mm. so one thing that i learned uh quite quickly at the start of last year was that the amount of times that I was negative about a situation, I've always been a, re- a very positive guy, like gen- generally about life. But when it came to business, I was super negative. It was always, oh, this isn't going to work or I don't mm. believe myself enough to do this. I'm not good enough for this. But actually, one of the tools I learned through clinical hypnotherapy that I spoke to Alice about earlier uh, was the power of powerful positive opposites. So whenever you have a negative thought about your business, this might sound a bit like hoo-ha, like voodoo stuff <laughs> please stop me if it's too much but uh yeah like if whenever you have that negative thought you you recognize it immediately and you reframe it immediately so if it's oh, there's no way i'm going to sell this course i've just created stop right there mm. of course i'm going to sell this course it's not getting cocky about it it's people are genuinely going to buy this because it's a value and i've poured my heart and soul into mm. this and i've given as much away as possible in this mm. so why wouldn't people do it yeah it's about changing that like I'm not good enough to do this into, well, why wouldn't they do that? Or mm. why wouldn't it, it lead to this? Yeah. Easier said than done, I will Definitely. say. Definitely. Practice makes perfect though. Yeah. It took me a good, it's a muscle, isn't a it? good few months. Exactly. It's muscle memory. Mm. Yeah. But I guess worth acknowledging prior to that point, which is very, very true. And I would definitely agree with bit woo, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, was it's just that we, we all deal with it. Yeah. Like every single one of us has a voice in our head, regardless of how loud it is, regardless of how much we listen to it, which niggles away at us, which 
breeds self-doubt, which whatever, whatever. And I feel like a big part of that kind of inner voice, which can be really difficult, is when you're looking at other people. Particularly when you're starting out and you can literally look at someone else who is also six months in, who is building a similar business to you, who is a similar person to you, whatever, and go, oh, well, look at all those things they've got that I haven't. Or look at the way that their business seems and look at the way that mine seems. And I feel like that can be one of the hardest sources of kind of that noise from yourself is comparison, which with the presence of social media the way that it is and how easy it is to portray a business and a lifestyle which isn't accurate I think is such a difficult thing regardless of which stage you're at but I think particularly when you're starting something new and you're particularly insecure or vulnerable to that noise I completely agree it's a really difficult thing and I've, I've absolutely struggled with that in the, mm. in the last 12 months I've seen people who started the same time as me who are more successful than me already I've seen people who started after me who are already more successful but again, it's like shop windows, right? So on the face of it, it looks like they're more successful, but maybe you're laying foundations, like stronger foundations for your business. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're doing things completely different or maybe they'll burn themselves out. Like you, you just yeah. don't know the, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to, to take that step back and be like, actually, let's assess the situation. Mm-hmm. It's okay to compare yourself to people in some senses because it... it adds that healthy level of competition, which I think is necessary sometimes. Mm. You kind Maybe of need not to... competition. I feel like that's the wrong word. Maybe what just a healthy, like... Comparison? Oh, I yeah. I feel like it's maybe just that healthy bit of, like, inspiration. Yeah, okay. Maybe yeah. it's just a different word for the same thing. No, I'll take but that, But just yeah. looking at other people and being... Because, you know, I feel like when we're particularly, like, small businesses, you're very rarely in direct competition particularly if you're kind of expertise-led or a service-based business. So I feel like there's real value in, which you have to do right. Like I've definitely done it wrong before when you take inspiration and quote-unquote from others and actually it's felt like competition. And then there's times when it genuinely is inspiration and that's a healthy relationship. I think you have there's a yeah. differentiation between the two. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it might I, be different I, for you. you no, might I agree with that. I think you've avoided that very well. Because mm. I feel like... I still get it now. Like, I can't follow anyone who does what I do. I find it too hard. You won't find me following any digital marketing coaches. Even people, digital marketing coaches that have been around for longer than you, perhaps more established than you? Mm-hmm. None. Really? Wow. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, to be fair, I, wouldn't, I don't actually know of any digital marketing coaches that aren't fairly new because it, yeah, it's a relatively, the business, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, relatively it's not easy. a job title that you could have had more than five years ago. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't, I know my brain well enough to know that even if I think, oh, I'm just checking in on them or I'm just taking inspiration or I'm just seeing what they're up to, my mind just cannot stop itself from going into, oh, why haven't I got that? How have they got that? I want that, blah, blah, blah mode. I just instantly go into, it just melts me down. Interesting. So how do you deal with like inspiration then? Like who do you look to? Do you have people that you look for as in, well, I could see myself being like this person in five years? Mm. Or do you not do that? No, I feel like because I'm in such a new, and all of us are, but I feel like because I, I can't see anyone that is five years on from me because the business model that I've got and what I teach and how I help people is such a new thing that no one is 10 years or 20 years into it. So I feel like I take a lot of inspiration from other business owners who do completely different things in terms of the lifestyles that they're building and the way they're making an impact and maybe the legacy that they're leaving. But I do think it's really hard to take genuine inspiration from people who have got what you want. 
without it becoming, and this kind of comes back to what we were talking about at the start with looking to experts. We've kind of gone on a tangent here, but without it being just copy and pasting their thing and it not feeling like a good fit. I don't know. I think that's solid advice. I'm definitely going to listen to that because Mm. I really do struggle with the mindset sometimes of comparison and it is a real thing. Like you look at somebody, you tell yourself immediately you're not good enough, like that you haven't reached their heights or you haven't done this, you haven't got as many clients as them, all that sort of stuff. Mm. That's great advice. Yeah, I, I, maybe people have got stronger minds than me. I just don't think I can look at even like oh I'm so, like even other people that run retreats. I genuinely have to mute them even if I follow them because I just can't. It's so negative for me. I'm not at a point yet when I can see people who are doing very very similar things to me and not lead myself into detriment in that sense. On the flip side of that, devil's advocate, do you also think that it's a byproduct of you being confident in your own ability and what you're offering that you then don't follow these people because you kind of don't need to. Mm. So that there's almost like that dual layered one hand. If you do follow them, you slip into that like insecure world. But on the other hand, yeah, I you're so confident in your own ability. You don't need to. Yeah. I think as well, because I'm so like, I'm so clear on what I'm building that I'm just like, what, what help is it going to give me looking at what someone else is doing who does something similar to me? Yeah. Of course, I'm constantly inspired by people who run businesses, of course, but I don't ever feel the need to be inspired by the practicality of what people are doing because I feel like that's the bit I know. The bit that I maybe need is the motivation or the kick up the arse or the, okay, why are you actually doing it side of things. Does that make sense? It does. Do you know? I just, I, I'd be really interested to hear from people if they can directly look at people who do what they do and not slip into a negative mindset because I just completely respect that. And I'm not saying that I put myself in competition with others. That's not what it's about. I'm so about community over competition. But I'm also going to acknowledge that it's hard sometimes. Yep. When you're starting out, when you're three years in, it's hard. It is. Mm. And there are so many people out there now as well that it's easy to think that the market is saturated Mm. I find one thing that I find really interesting is I have to remind myself of this constantly because I now follow so many marketing coaches or yeah. business coaches, mindset coaches, all these different people that my newsfeed is full of that on Facebook and Instagram. My, my mm. targeted adverts are about that specifically. That I then talk myself into thinking, well, there are no clients for this. There are no people yeah. that are willing to buy this. But that's such a, a poor mindset because when you think about it, actually you're just surrounding yourself by the same people and the same noise mm. you're not then actually going out there and branching out a bit further to mm. understand exactly who's out there and there are people there's a wealth of people like that love watching netflix that want to change that habit and actually want to start a business so yeah. you know josh you've got the opportunity to do that and go out there but mm. it's very easy to slip into that mindset of this is not working for me or i have a limited resource or i have limited capability yeah, there's no space for me there's no space totally for yeah and i think that's particularly hard as well with the kind of Instagram versus reality of other people's businesses. Because I think particularly when you're starting out, there is somewhat, and I would put my hands up and say that I 100% did this and now look back and think that was a bit rubbish, um, but made my business out like it was something it definitely wasn't when it was in the early stages. It was that slight fake it till you make it thing, I think personally taken too far by myself, where I probably portrayed a business that was far more quote unquote successful, developed, whatever, than it actually was. And it definitely then took some time when my business actually became that to realize like, oh, maybe it wasn't the best thing for me to be putting that out there and for people to see my business as that thing. 
But actually, maybe that was what I needed to do in order to grow my business. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. I think that's important. That is a really interesting point that I think a lot of people will struggle with. Like, fake it till you make it is so frowned upon in today's day and age because it's all authenticity this, authenticity that. But actually, I feel like there is an element that is required to get you to where you need to get to. Mm. But like you say, it's hard to find that balance because at what point or how far do you push it that you're faking I've got clients, I've got spaces left, you know, I've got two spaces left on my course of 10 people when really you haven't signed anybody. But, yeah. you know, there are certain techniques that you need to adopt to get to that point. You can adopt. Don't need to. Don't need to. No one needs to. But it is, yeah, it is a very common thing. Even if it's not as upfront as like, I've got two spaces left when actually you've only got two spaces in total. Yeah. It can just be that thing of like acting as if. You know, that thing in manifestation yeah. of like you act as if and maybe marketing as if I think actually can be a powerful thing because you've almost got to be running the business that attracts the clients or the customers that are attracted to the business that you're going to have. But then when you think about maybe people in the industry who follow you, that can be really damaging from that side of things because you look at someone who's also six months in and they look fully booked and busy all the time and they that may be true for them but for a lot of people I know there is a slight disjointedness whether they're starting out or whether they're years in like this isn't just people starting out between the business that they show online and the business that they really have might have touched a few nerves there for people but yeah well but it's true though right it's Mm. really true and and to what extent do you have to or, or how long should you be faking it how long should you be going for I think that's only really something that you are able to figure out yourself. Mm. But it's hard when you're on the other side of that. Very. Because you can't see that. Even if you, you know, we all know it. Like, social media is not real. It doesn't <laughs> put a proper whatever. Like, we still believe it. We still get upset when we see people posting things that yeah. make their lives better than ours. It's hard. You, it's impossible, I think, to talk yourself out from. But it's the reality of being online and following other businesses online is that you're almost shown maybe the things that are your biggest insecurities or doubts in your face from other people yeah which i think is a really hard thing it's almost like you're playing the game to some degree Mm. and and i hate that phrase in the sense that i hate that we do live in a world where instagram is a game to some degree in that you have to put on these false pretenses or don't have to but there are people that do put on the false pretenses to get to where they get to and sometimes that inner voice is telling you oh i need to do this i need to do this Mm. but actually you probably don't yeah. And it's about finding clarity. And, and all this relates back to like really finding clarity around your why. Mm. Why do you do what you do? How do you do what you do? And, and what is it exactly that you're offering? Mm. And once you've got that, I think that's that's how you gauge how much you need to fake it till you make it or, or to what extent. Yeah, and also how you can gauge who you really value comparison from. Because yes. again, if they've not got the business that actually you want, that comparison is just self deprivation not deprivation is that the right word self-deprivation yeah Yeah. Yeah. putting yourself down there we go there you go alice has learned a word today (laughs) put that thesaurus away word of the day (laughs) and i feel like another side as well to the kind of this final section of noise from yourself is also which we kind of touched on at the start with last week's topic the self-doubt imposter syndrome stuff you know just those questions which do come up again in the comparison side of things of am i good enough can i really do this am i the one who can make this happen is this business going to be a success? And those are very real questions and fears. They are. And some people just don't suffer with that at all, do they? And I find that incredible that people 
at some stage don't have imposter syndrome. In fact, they'll probably go as far as saying that they have at some point. They just mm. don't like to talk about it. But for me, it's been a very real journey, the imposter syndrome piece. It's when I first started, I would ask myself the question, uh, why would people just buy into regular me, you know, just regular Joe from this school, this town, who wants to become this guy who helps people set up businesses? And then as you progress down the line, as you mentioned earlier, the problems change. And the imposter syndrome takes a new form in why would people pay a thousand pounds for my course when they could buy one for 500 pounds? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, why would people choose my academy over an academy of somebody who's more well established than me? Yeah. And it just, it constantly evolves, but you just really have to stay true to who you are. Mm. And again, I feel like a broken record, like mm. understand what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah. And really believe in it. Like, you have to be passionate about it. You can't do it if you're not passionate about it because Mm. these little voices in your head will start to appear more often. Mm. But it's one thing to be passionate about it and want to do it and a whole other thing to believe that you can actually make that happen. Which I think... And and maybe it's... And I don't want to be gendered here, but I wonder if it's a slight more female mindset, possibly... Because there is that statistic, isn't there? I think Lean In. Um, oh, what's her name? Facebook lady. Cheryl Sandberg. Yes, yeah, Cheryl Sandberg. Do you like Do you like her books, by the way? Uh, I haven't read her book, no, but I've I've heard about it. I think you yeah. like her books. Um, they shared a stat of you know kind of women typically won't apply to a job until they meet a hundred percent of their criteria, whereas men, I think it was sixty percent of their criteria, and then they'll apply. And I think sometimes, especially when you're starting out and you don't have this kind of evidence bank of here's why I am good at what I do and here's the reasons why I am capable of doing this it's really hard to actually I think feel confident in that because you've maybe not got that that evidence there and I don't think it's something that always comes naturally particularly to women but absolutely can happen to everyone that's an interesting perspective as well And, and even on the gender front I find it fascinating learning about these nuances between males and females that are I mean it's not black and white but there certainly mm. are differences so for me it's, it's really interesting to hear that I don't think I ever struggled with my why and and, and like, like how I was kind how I was going to do it it was quite clear for me and just adding to that as well I think it's not necessarily something that goes away is that imposter syndrome or self-doubt or fear but I think it's very true to acknowledge that the more you run a business, the more clients you serve, the more successes, quote unquote, you achieve, the more money you make, the more whatevers you get, the harder, or sorry, the easier actually it is to counteract those maybe negative voices or self-doubts, which I think is why that internal voice is one of the hardest at the very start. And all these voices are the hardest at the start, which is why we're talking about the start, because you've got nothing to counteract it with you've got no evidence you've almost got no like fight back you sometimes just feel like you're being hit a lot and you've got nothing to stand up to with it whereas the more you do business the more you know if I've got a moment of self self doubt I can say oh no actually I can reason with this because here's all the clients that I've helped here's the money that I've made here's the things that I've been able to do because of this business I feel a bit better about that now but when you're starting out you don't have that that's a really hard thing very hard it's almost like having that pat on the back and saying you know good job alice good job josh Mm. you've overcome this before everything will be okay with that yeah and it's so true whenever you go into something new and you don't have that experience or uh the the tried and tested method that you've you've proven yourself to to go through that hurdle or that obligation or whatever it might be Mm. it's really difficult to then stay on track and actually think okay you know 
I can do this. I have done this before. Mm. And that's why I think, back to something that we had a conversation on a little earlier on around doing things for free potentially or doing things mm. for people to help other people out or testing new things mm. so that you can get the feedback for that because mm. the more you test and the more you play around with things and uh, the more value you offer to people and the more people you help out generally, like you say, you get more opportunities then to pat yourself on the back and yeah. just say, well, I've been through this, I've done this, mm. it's okay. I've done something similar to this. So this mm. actually is not too different and we can, you know, we can draw some similarities and it's okay. Yeah. So maybe the kind of conclusion for that final section of like the internal noise is a difficult one kind of where it's like it's it's always going to be there i guess there's the comfort of knowing that the longer you keep going the more you do within your business the easier it gets to counteract that but then also unlike and exactly what you said at the start of this section self-awareness mindset knowing what motivates you knowing what puts you in a healthy place mentally knowing what is good for your mental health knowing what isn't good for your mental health plays a really important role in self-awareness around that and being able to play a role in helping when you have those moments because sometimes you do feel really just passive like oh I just feel really rubbish about my business today and I can't do anything about that because it's just my brain but actually it's it's worth acknowledging actually no we can do something about that sometimes it doesn't make it go away but it helps and I think that comes from self-awareness. For sure. So the one thing that sticks with me for that is like take imperfect action mm. because imperfect action is what gets you to your end result, to the, the, the perfect quote-unquote world that you yeah. want to get to. Done is better than perfect. Exactly that. Say that. Back to the next slogan, just do it. Mm-hmm. We should release merch. I'm feeling there it. There you go. Get in your shop. <laughs> Alicebenham.co.uk forward slash shop. See it there. Hashtag gifted. <laughs> no, that's so true though. It does completely just come from that like inner inner awareness i can't believe you've made me talk about like going all spiritual on you now this is absolutely this is not cringe this is important stuff it's really important i think i just pretend i don't like it but it is it makes a difference i've got a good book on this actually you'll like it what is it it's uh it's called usa y-u-s-a the guide to balance and y-u-s-a y-u-s-a that's like the start of it it's like the guide usa usa what is that an acronym for or just i have no idea but it's like the guide to uh like mindfulness and and all that sort of stuff. Oh, would you recommend it? It's a deep book. Don't get me wrong. Like you're probably, it's probably not the best one to start with for someone like you who's just like, 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 like shield down, none of that woo no stuff. No feelings. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes though. Do it. Do it's a good book. It's, it's a genuinely, it's a re- if you're interested in your spirituality or interested in the way the mind works and things like law of attraction and that sort of stuff, it's a really, really great book. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll link it below if people can check it out. Cool. Maybe I'll have a read. I'll let you know. How I've got a copy. On. You can borrow it. It's Thanks fine. so much. <laughs> I'll read it on my holiday. There you go. <laughs> Let Why people, not? Let people know how I get on with it. <laughs> cool. I feel like that was a good conversation starter. Again, with all of these, I always end up being like, there's so much more we could have said, but that's always the way. And that's exactly why this podcast isn't just about us having a chat. It's about other people then sharing their thoughts and continuing the conversation. You know what you need to do to continue the conversation? <gasps> what do they need to do, Josh? On Instagram, use the new chat feature. Oh, have you I, seen that? The group I chat feature? I thought you were going to say the, the email address. <laughs> Oh, well, if you which want you to wrote in your address, notepad beforehand. Which is podcast at alicebenham.co.uk. Smashed it. Without looking at my notes. So if people have thoughts, queries, I mean, not queries, this isn't a Q&A. Yeah. Um, if they have experiences of what we've talked about, which we all have, if you have thoughts on what we talked about, if you agree, if you disagree, if you've got a different experience, if you agreed with what one of us said, whatever, get in touch. And I'll obviously talk about it on next week's podcast. So then you can listen in. Absolutely. And hear what people think. 
but I think that's so important as well is you have that conversation that ability to to shape and mould mm. your future conversations with people which is yeah. just so important because our opinions yes was valid like anybody else's there's a limit to that like you need mm. other people's conversations and ideas and opinions to really drive the conversation yes it's just our way of doing things as we talked about in that expert section people tell you what to do you got to take it with a pinch of salt Absolutely. and figure out if it fits for you All right, Josh, quick five questions. Let's go. Feeling good? Feeling great. Nervous? Very nervous. No, I'm not. I've settled down Feeling now. Feeling great. Very nervous. <laughs> Very contrasting opinions there. Okay, first one. As you know, now I obviously like to do one question, which is almost, would you rather? Okay. And then this is the one that I get other people's, aka the listeners' thoughts on. The one that really stirs the pot. Yeah, that's me. You know what it's like. So this one, hoping again this splits people down the middle like the last two have. Would you rather write 100 Instagram captions... Or reply to 100 emails? Oh, this is easy for me because I don't like writing Instagram captions. So So I would reply to 100 emails. What kind of emails are... Maybe I need to be more specific here. They are annoying emails. (laughs) Can you define an annoying email? There's no inquiry emails in there. Okay. They are people pitching to be... I mean, sorry. I mean that is a, that's that's brutal. I would change my mind with that. I hate people pitching stuff. I'm like, I feel I feel bad for saying that as alone, but I don't know. I would probably choose emails because I find Instagram captions. I feel the pressure when I'm writing a mm. caption. Like I'm great at doing the first draft, and I'll like I have so many thoughts on the tube, walking to work, whatever it might be. I'll write them down in my notes. And then when I sit there and I'm like, actually, no, I need to reword this. I need to rephrase this. I need to do this. I need to look at this structure. Mm. That's the bit I hate. I love the creative, like, oh, this is cool. I'll talk about this topic. But then the process behind it to refine it is what I don't enjoy. Here's a question, which I probably should be asking myself because it's my own would you rather I've given here. Um, Do the Instagram captions need to be posted? Yes. Because I literally cannot write a caption in advance and it go down well my only captions that work well or my only like i i don't do it now but whenever i used to like pre-write something it a hundred percent made a difference in the engagement because i think i write in a different way when it's not in the moment so i would choose the instagram captions because i freaking hate emails but they would all be rubbish so maybe i would pick the emails because then my instagram would be rubbish so you're saying that you wouldn't like schedule the posts ahead of time for the week ahead? No, never. It would never. be like reactive. It would be like caption go out now. Let's do it. Yeah, I've never scheduled a thing in my life. I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big planner like that. No, I just find my like my brand voice. Oh, it's a bit of a wanky phrase, That's, isn't that it? That's wanky. Ooh, tick to bingo box yeah. there. <laughs> wanky phrase. Um, I just feel like I can't. I haven't mastered it yet out of context i need to be writing it in the moment as i'm feeling it agree and then it comes out it seems to work my coach will hate me for that because we went through a whole session of planning organization and stuff and like i just can't do that i mean i'm pretty organized generally but like captions no thing so it sounds like we would pick opposites but i I don't really like either option if i'm honest with you you've not really set yourself up for success there (laughs) you'd think if i wrote the questions myself I would pick questions that shed me in a good light. This is true. But I just pick questions that I can't. Yeah, it shows you're a real character. This is <laughs> How to be a good podcast host. Don't do anything that I do. Um, interesting. Okay. So you would answer the emails. I'd write the Probably. captions, but they would be rubbish. <laughs> How do you feel about emails as a whole? I hate emails. Honestly, they are the worst thing ever created. 
Wow. I mean, that is a big statement. I just, I, yeah. I, do you not do you not agree? Yeah, I wouldn't say they're the worst thing ever created. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little Slight bit. Slight worst things on the planet, but yeah, they're pretty rough. They're awful. Yeah. Especially when you get some... like shitty emails of people. They're just like, what's the point? You've, what you... shitty emails do you get? Coming from the corporate background, it's like you, you um... do get people who like to express their feelings oh. in very fruitful language. Let's, let's say that. Gosh, that makes it's, me... It's a bizarre every reason concept. why I don't work with corporates anymore. Exactly. And yeah... I've never got an email like that off a lovely small business owner. Because they're just lovely people. Yeah. They're just nice girls. Um, okay, <laughs> next boys. quick fight. Yeah, and boys, sorry. So gendered. Get your inclusive hat on. That's another topic for another day. We're not even getting into that. <laughs> um, second question. As we're now over halfway through the year. Yes. Terrifying, by the way. Um, one thing, which is realistic, yet still kind of a goal for the rest of the year. Like, if there's one thing you could smash out in the rest of 2019... What would that be for you? One thing is difficult to answer. I have two things no, that really... you only get one. <sighs> You're going to do this to there's, me? There's no space there's for... No space? No? No, no, no wiggle room. No negotiation? Okay. It's got to be my podcast. Okay. So I want to have six full months of podcast episodes. So one one per week is my plan to release. Uh I realise it's already been a week of 2019, though. So you, yeah, I've already, rec- I've already recorded four. Months. It's fine. I've, I've already recorded oh, four. Oh, right. That's so, yeah, I'm, I'm about to bulk release. So, um, hashtag plug. Uh, <laughs> What's it called? It's called Know Your Worth. Know Your Worth. A play on my surname, which your is last name's Worth. Worth. Yeah. Worth. Uh, and it's going to be talking about, like, under- how you get into the world of business uh, mm. and understand your value and how you can add your value. I love that. And as we said in today's episode, people can weigh it up against whether it feels like a good fit for them. Exactly. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, exactly. That's, it. that's really exciting. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, mine, again, I need to stop asking questions yeah. that I don't really have answers for. Because <laughs> I tell you, Josh, I've launched everything for this year. I launched it all in about the space of six weeks. Now I've got nothing left. Maybe yours should be a holiday. Maybe that should be your goal. You should actually go on holiday. Away somewhere. Away somewhere. Yeah, I think I would enjoy that. I just don't really know where I'd go. I need to figure that part out. I've got quite a lot of air miles with Emirates. There you go. But I don't really fancy going to Dubai on my own. Boys and girls, if you're looking for someone to go on holiday with. <laughs> boys and girls. Boys and girls. <laughs> and Spenham. Alice is looking for a holiday. We're going to smash it out in Dubai. A bender. No. Yeah. yeah maybe Dubai is probably not the place you'd go for a bender. <laughs> no. I um, We once went to an alcohol shop there and it was under the mall. So it's like a secret oh, door. Yeah down some stairs and then two, through two doors and we all had to get ID'd and sign in to go into an alcohol shop. Do you know why that is though? Yeah, because alcohol is illegal there unless yeah. it's in a bar or a... And you're pub. not allowed to have, like, my understanding is you're not allowed to have like alcohol establishments in plain view of mosque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they only the only places you can serve alcohol are in hotels. So even clubs actually, I said that wrong before, even clubs have no alcohol oh, wow. in them. Yeah, it's mental. That's fascinating. Yeah, there's like a... Um, you know how there's like the deep dark web? Yeah. There's like that in Dubai, <laughs> but for alcohol. Wow. So you can like order it sneakily. I haven't done it, but yeah. the people that we had out there did. Interesting. We digress. One thing. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, my one thing I think actually would be to take a proper break. So in August, I want to take one week off of everything, no work whatsoever. And then I want to take a week off just to work on the business and think about 2020. Because wow. if I'm honest, I don't know where my business goes from here. I feel like I had it sorted until this point and I'm pretty chill to leave it as is for the next six months to a year. 
but I just want to get clear on like when it when I'm ready for it what the next step might be how do I level what I've got up I don't know I like that feedback and comments much appreciated (laughs) people please tell me unless you do the same thing as me and then I don't want to know because I'll just spiral into a, a moment of comparison cool okay this one I thought was a good one because we both have personal brands yes we both help other people with their personal brands what is one thing that you choose very intentionally not to share within your personal brand? It doesn't have to be super deep, don't worry. It can be surface level. You know what? Like, I share everything. I will I will hands down. Seriously? I share everything. That's not true. That isn't true, You do true, not actually. share everything. No, I don't share everything, okay? Relationships. Friends? Not friendships. Like Girlfriends? Yeah, girlfriends. Like, oh, I, right. I, don't, I don't talk about that sort of stuff. That's, that's like, that's me and my, my mm-hmm. stuff. It's for your little heart. It's for me, for my little heart to break every so often. And, oh, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm looking if for any girls are looking for, <laughs> please get in touch. Yeah, that's. I, I think there are boundaries, right? Like you, you kind of have to set some. Well, that's why I call it absolute bullshit, and you saying that you share everything. Yeah, I, well, I thought I did. I mean, I'm pretty open, especially. Yeah, I don't think I. Th- I actually think it's a really unhealthy misconception that it's inauthentic if you're not sharing everything. Agreed. This is kind of what Fee and I talked about in episode sixty-two was that idea of, like, it's not your responsibility to share your whole life, even if you've got a personal brand. Yeah. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your audience. Yeah. I think well, you have no separation there. there. Yeah, it's so hard. I think it's, especially when things are bad. It doesn't even have to be when things are bad. It can just be stuff that you choose not to share even mm. when it's good. But it's just a boundary. So yeah. yours would be relationships. It would be relationships. How about you? I feel like there's a lot that you don't show. <laughs> um... That's a really, really weird laugh. <laughs> um, it's like my I've been rumbled laugh. Yep. Yeah, there probably is. Um, so, like, did you know where I lived before I... T- have I told you? Don't you, say out loud. No, I'm, I'm not going to... Yeah, you told me this the other day, like, accidentally, and you didn't I know think, where I, and I didn't. I obviously okay. didn't know where you lived. So, where in. I live is something I quite intentionally hide. I mean, not because there's anyone following me around, but just because it's a, it's a boundary for me. Um, I don't really share my family. You could probably piece my family together don't share them much the only friend I share is Becca who lives with me um and I used to be very open about sharing my relationship and then it went tits up um and now I don't think in future and like dating now I don't share mm-hmm. interesting. Which is interesting but then I wonder once that's maybe a secure relationship whether I would share that yeah, I, I feel like when you're building your empire it sounds super cliche but when you build your empire you don't it's almost like inviting random girlfriends or boyfriends to weddings or family or family occasions mm. where you have a new one every time and it kind of becomes like this this thing where yes that's what i'm oh you've got a new of. person it was so much energy to like let go of he was such a big part yeah. of like my brand oh, gross um <laughs> but he was like people knew of him and he was you know and people say like oh what are like the four personal things you talk about like he was one of those things yeah. and i think it's then very hard like you said to transition your audience away from something when it's such an irrelevant thing that it's almost like what's the point in introducing it to them when you could just maybe tell them about your dog instead exactly and you're not going to have to change it in six months and get everyone really confused <laughs> well hopefully i have to change every six months <laughs> well i'm i can't say i'm changing relationship every six months i've literally nothing going on in my life right now <laughs> but yeah that would probably be my big ones would be pretty much any people apart from Becca and she obviously is comfortable and we we have a lot of conversations about that and then where I live my home life what I do outside of work just like an air of secrecy because <laughs> do you know what the secret is Josh 
I don't do anything yeah, in the work. Just, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> There's nothing to share. Literally nothing. Okay, so this is the first ever co-host quickfire question. No you. pressure. I am honestly like, I feel the sweat coming down me just from thinking of a question. Bring it. So this one for me is, uh, I'm going to frame it because that's what I do. Uh, classic. Yeah, classic. Uh, I'm big on self-reflection, big on that side of things. So I couldn't tell. Thanks. <laughs> what is the one thing that you would do differently now, having seen your entire journey up until this point? You of... realise you have to answer this question too, right? Yeah, that's cool. I can do that. Oh, right, okay. I've already thought about You've this. already got your answer. Yeah, so like a good me. podcast host. <laughs> so what is the one thing that you would do differently? And you have to do something differently. You can't just cop out and say, well, I wouldn't do anything differently. Uh, no regrets. Cause no regrets. All so. my mistakes got me to where I am today. Exactly. Uh, in my business or my life? In your cause... business. Oh. <laughs> um, I had a few life ones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's one thing that I would do differently within my business? Can you give me your answer? No, you give me No, because I genuinely want to have a good answer. Otherwise, I'll just say something. That's kind of a cop out, but okay. So, I haven't given it too much thought, but mine would be something that we spoke about today a little bit more, which was Mm. caring less about what people thought and caring less about or drowning out the noise, essentially. Because mm. for me, that is such a huge thing that has genuinely taken me on so many different tangents, so many different paths mm. that I probably could be a lot more progressed in my business now had it not been for the times I've listened to people when I shouldn't have listened to them. Mm. It's following my North Star, having that clear sense of direction and mm. not listening to anybody else. Well, mm. I say not listening to anybody else, not listening to the negativity or people, the shiny object syndrome that you get from other people. Because mm. it just distracts and delays you, doesn't it? Exactly that. I like that one. Okay, I literally didn't think of mine while you were saying it. <laughs> I was just listening to your answer. Um, one, I mean, there's obviously probably a lot of things that I could come up with. Um, the main thing that I think I would do differently, and again, I, oh, I don't know, I'm about to do that thing where you're like, oh, I, I wouldn't want to change this because maybe this is what got me to where I am now. But for the sake of other people in my life, I wish I let people in more. And this would probably be true still now. So maybe this is more of like a revelation than it is like things I would have done differently. But definitely in that first year of business when things were incredibly quote unquote successful but internally just awful, I I had conversations with family and friends about what that was like for them. Suddenly then seeing me burnt out and depressed for six months. And I think I I can't really acknowledge how hard that probably was for them. Not because... I'm the be all and end all to their lives, but just because they didn't understand what was happening. So I wished back then I'd communicated better, which I couldn't have done because I didn't understand what was going wrong myself. But I think even now I do still wish I was able to be more open with the struggles because I think I internalize a lot of things because I don't want to bother people or burden people. But actually I think they care and they want to know and I have to see it from that perspective rather than I am giving them my problems. Mm. Actually, it's a productive thing. That's a big thing. Mm. I feel this this is like a therapy session. This is great. I'm just not, you know, as much as my online presence is like, share all the open stuff, talk about the unspoken stuff, be very vulnerable. I'm absolutely fine at doing that in this context. But personally, there's I have a real problem with vulnerability about what's really going on right now. So I can be as vulnerable as you want me to be about my mental health because I... I I can put that in a box and I can mm. talk about it. I can be as vulnerable as you want about 
the breakup within my business. I talk about that a lot. What I probably can't be vulnerable with right now is my business at this very moment. Mm. Now, I wouldn't ever do that publicly anyway, but I think I need to work on doing that in a one-on-one setting because they're so, it's such an important thing. Yeah, you've got, it's like those barriers, the, the limiting beliefs or whatever they might mm. be or anything that you then work through. Yeah, pride. Pride, yeah. Not wanting ego. to let people in. Leave the ego at the door. Yeah, trying to pretend that I've got everything sorted when I haven't. Yeah. Probably very true. <laughs> well, I feel like you did well with that one. That Thanks. was a good quick fire question at the end yeah. there. Good work. I, I had a lot of pressure, not going to lie. That was did tough. you feel I, it? I felt it. Well done. You carried yourself well. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, thank you for joining me for today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. Have you enjoyed it? I've absolutely loved it. <laughs> been a blast. We were just saying then as we were kind of planning this wrap-up section, I feel like we've really limbered up and relaxed throughout the episode. Maybe it's just tiredness setting in. Maybe your blood test um, or blood, whatever it was. Donation. Donation, that's the <laughs> word, um, is setting in and you're just like slowly chilling out because you're about to faint. Who knows? Uh, it's entirely possible it's been a vibe though yeah i've really really enjoyed it good and i really can't wait to hear what people think of the podcast josh how can they get in touch so if you're that way inclined that you want to email you can email podcast at alicebenham.co.uk that is podcast at (laughs) alicebenham.co.uk when you know when people do ads and they mention the link like 28 times and you're like i got it it's It's Skillshare slash blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yes, so we would love to hear from you, whether you want to talk to us about today's conversation starter, starting something new despite the noise, or whether you just want to give us your thoughts on one of the quickfire questions or our high-low of the week. We would love to know. And of course, let me know if you want to be kept anonymous, and I would love to read out your thoughts and share your perspectives on next week's episode, which Josh, you sadly won't be a part of, but you can listen to. Well, I will be listening for sure. I love that. I and feel like you're a real avid fan of this podcast. I, honestly, I love this format. Just talking to somebody sat opposite this setup. I can't wait for you guys to see the setup. It's so funny. It's a vibe. It'll go on Instagram. Absolutely no probs. And the other things that we want people to do, Josh, what would they be? Can I've not prepped you on this. What can people do if they like the podcast? They can like it. They can leave a review. Yeah. They can share it with their friends and family. Yeah. They can drop us put it on your Instagram stories. I was getting to that. Yeah. Yeah. What else can you do? Subscribe. Subscribe. So you never miss an episode. And also, one of the exciting things that I do here on the podcast is every single month, you may not know this, I give away a prize purchased by myself from a small business that I love to one podcast review at random. And it's my small way of saying a big thank you for all of the support. If you do leave a review, you will be entered forevermore. So if you've already left a review, you're already entered. And if you leave a review with some kind words, let me just add, if you've not got <laughs> kind words, don't leave a review. Um, on iTunes, just head to iTunes, you can scroll down, leave a review, then you'll be entered and watch out my Instagram and I will let you know who has won this month's prize, which is, drumroll please, a voucher to alicebenner.kdk forward slash shop. Go and buy the merch. Yeah t-shirts pop sockets no <laughs> genuinely the shop digital products there's gonna be a voucher for there where you can pick up a couple of things so please leave a review and you may win that fantastic we're done thank you so much <laughs> you've said thank you a lot thanks josh it means a lot <laughs> it's been a good episode i'm ready to go watch love island <laughs> do you watch love island i don't watch love island sorry this is uh, probably is that the criteria for the podcast I might have to delete this recording. Is that right? See you, bye. All right, I'll get someone else in, no worries. (laughs) (laughs) Go.